it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Grounds Crew. I'm your host, Josh Gerson, along with my co-host, Bill Rom. What's up, guys? So we're back for another episode today. Um, before we get started, as always, make sure you like and subscribe and toss us a review. We appreciate the support. Um, today's a very special day today. It is Jackie Robinson Day, um, a huge day in baseball. Everybody wears 42 um, and just shows support for the incredible man and trailblazer that was Jackie Robinson. Um, he did so much for the game. Um, I, just, I just love the atmosphere on Jackie Robinson Day. I think it's just it's one of the most pure baseball days we can have. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? Because I, I just love this day. It's, it's I, phenomenal. I love the, I love the day. I, I think especially with things that have happened – in our society of late it's that people have to remember that it's not a baseball day it's a day where baseball in our country took a step forward where racism and hate for people for the color of their skin wasn't the definition of whether or not you were good at a game yeah um it's considered america's game and america is more than that and since then you've seen hispanic players you've seen players from Japan move into the game, more black players move into the game, and that's made, one, the game have heroes and have immortal performances by people of all races, all types, all colors. And Jackie Robinson is the person who unlocked the first step in what that was going to be. Um, And again, shout out to the, the, the Brooklyn Dodgers for taking that step, making that swing. And, you know, not listening to the throngs of people saying, you know, don't do this. This isn't what it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, again, amazing day. And I hope we look at it to recognize, hey, you know, just like in the game, in life, we're all, you know, doing it together. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what you are, what size you are, what position you play, right? Just can you do what you need to do? Are you good at what you're doing? So be good people. So I I hope people get that out of it. And then on the flip side, um, black players in the game are doing better. Yeah, they really are. For the first time in a long time, you are starting to see a a bigger push. And I know years ago there was a a C.C. Sabathia would talk about that he would go up to dudes that he met and they wouldn't speak English. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, they were black guys, but they were Spanish. Right. Right? And... That was a very big disconnect for him in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, it's not exactly the same. Yeah. Now you have more players, again, you know, our guy, Tristan McKenzie, yeah. right? Being being a black athlete in America, but in a game that's predominantly been white for years, mm-hmm. uh, his opportunity, he's stepping in the footsteps of guys like Jackie. So awesome day, great day. Uh, I love that everybody brings a little bit more effort today. It's a thing. So... That's why I love it. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I think, like you said, there's a lot of really great young players that are making their way up um, who are following in his footsteps. You know, you got your Tristan McKenzie's, your Jazz Chisholm's, people like that who are really making an impact, and it's only going to get more, um, and I think that's phenomenal for the game. It's some of the greatest players that are coming out of of the minor leagues right now, and it's it's awesome for the game. Um, So so that's awesome. It's a a great, great thing that MLB does. and I love what it does for the game and, and moving forward. Um, 
over the last week, you know, there's been a lot of great stuff that's been going on as well. Um, we got two no hitters since we last met, uh, since our last episode. Um, Joe Musgrove for the Padres, that was the first one um, in Padres history. Um, and Carlos Rodon last night for the White Sox, their second <clears throat> one in the last two years. Um, last year's was uh, Lucas Giolito. So already two two big contenders showing that they have the the stuff on the mound. Um, and honestly, I think the majority of people would not have expected Carlos Rodon to be the one on that on that team to throw it. He's obviously like their four or five guy. Um, but that's also showing the depth the White Sox have as a as a contender with their pitching staff. And, and that's one of the teams you know we talked about that we felt like could they take that step out from taking a step away from the the Cubs eating up a little bit more ownership. They have young, exciting players. We talk about Tim Anderson, yep. uh, who has really become a, a substantially better player over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like pitching is way ahead this year of hitters? Or am I just, because I'm a Mets fan and they can't hit right now, thinking <laughs> that pitchers are just way ahead? Um, no, I don't think you're crazy for saying that. I think <clears throat> so Two far... Two no-hitters so so early in the season. Like, right, and there's there's just been a lot of phenomenal performances early. Like, yeah. like I think like Bieber, Giolito, Bauer all had like seven shutout with like 10-plus Ks like two days ago. Um, DeGrom obviously shut out. Peterson just had Peterson. 10 strikeouts in six innings. Yep. Like, know, so everybody's I, just I, – I think, yeah, I, I could see players needing a little bit more time to adjust. But then it's also on the flip side, there's some guys that are going absolutely bananas, hitting like 500. So yeah, it's like – there's like, you know, Shohei Otani. Yeah. Uh, currently close to a 1,200 OPS, batting 350, and he's got a sub-2 ERA. I know he missed the start. Mm-hmm. Because of a uh, blister? blister on his finger. Yeah. Um, but obviously on the show, Hayotani watch. Mm-hmm. Crushing it, killing it. Killing uh, it. And then another guy that we've talked about who's having a great start, and it's what I wanted to see, is uh, Mike Trout. Yeah, Trout's got even better numbers. He's batting 370, four home runs, got a 1,200-plus, almost 1,300 OPS. Yep. He's been that guy. you know, And they're winning. Mm-hmm. Angels are winning. Uh, so... I think you talked about their pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And who pitched really well for them recently? Uh, Bundy. Bundy's been throwing good. I, I, you know what? Listen, I think him making the move, we talked about it before. Sometimes all you need is a is a change of scenery, and it can <clears throat> help you out. Um, and, and their pitching staff's been at least adequate. Yeah. And then their offense, obviously, has been superb. That's going to help you win baseball games. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, hopefully down the line they're a contender. Maybe they make a move for a more um, – legitimized starter yeah. to add to that rotation, help out Otani, Bundy, Quintana, um, and make them, you know, maybe someone to talk about as a, as a possible contender for a championship. I don't know. We'll see. But they, they have the, like, you and I actually talked about this last night, or at least I said it in passing. Mm-hmm. They, they have the best three hitters in a row in baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so for those who don't know, you know, you got Rendon, you have Trout, and you have Shohei Otani. And Trout and Otani right now are locked in stupid. Uh, Rendon's been good, uh, but not elite. But, I mean, those those three guys could all have 1,000 OPS seasons this year yep. in a row. That's going to be hard for any team to really, like, get around. I, I do feel like that team is going to need to do something to get into the starting pitcher market. Mm-hmm. I just don't know who's going to be available. Yeah, listen, I, I think there's a lot of teams who are, like, we we know that they're contenders, but they're also at you know different points in their in their business where they need to pay people and may not be able to, so they might be you know uh, trade pieces. So we'll see. Um, but I I think 
Yeah, and and the way that their uh, supplementary pieces have also been hitting as well, like it's just everything you want to see for a lineup that may not have been a contender, but now they're kind of figuring it out and are doing all the right things. Um, so it's good to see. We'll we'll see kind of what they uh, where they where they go. Um, also, some some updates that came out uh, last week, or actually it was yesterday, really. Um, the Atlantic League, who we're familiar with, because the uh, the Long Island Ducks are right around here. Um, we've obviously been to a bunch of their games. Um, they're co- the Atlantic League is coming out with some some more modified rules uh, because they are now an affiliate league of the MLB. These can go into effect in the MLB eventually. Um, they're starting off with a modified designated hitter rule. So what that's going to do, uh, the DH is going to be in effect for the starting pitcher um, until he gets pulled. And then they're going to have to either have the relievers hit or you're going to have to pinch hit. What do you think about that? So obviously we talked about in previous episodes that the Atlantic League is the testing ground and the data and analytics function for the MLB. Uh, Having them back this year, they didn't play any baseball last year. Their season was completely canceled. Having them back this year is also telling because it's showing what are the rules that the MLB would like to uh, try out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to try these rules out. Hey, we're not going to do them to our minor league teams. Let's do them in a completely different brand of baseball and see what it is. Uh, Test it out, apply it, have a partnership, have some agreement, and fund some of these things. So I, I like the attempt. I still just hate the idea. Mm-hmm. Just go full-time DH. Yeah. Why are we even trying? Because we're going we're gonna to dip our toe into a DH position for the National League and say, okay, we, what we'll do is starting pitchers will never have to hit, but – because your relievers already don't hit, this is a way for us to kind of still have hitter, pitchers have to hit yeah, without having to say that we have a full-time DH. And it just seems like they're skimping around the rule. It doesn't really make sense. I, I, like, it, I like it better than no DH, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't understand why I even play around. Just I, a, a, a pitcher should hit. A, a pitcher should not hit unless he's Shohei Otani. Like... Your yeah. team should get to make the decision if the if the pitcher is going to hit. Yeah, it's just an unnecessary pain point of like, oh, we ran out of pinch hitters. What do we do? Like, it's just man. yeah. If you just had a DH, then I don't need to pinch hit as much. Now I'm not going to expose my roster to some of the other things. Yeah, and like everybody will say, oh well, you know, pitchers don't pitch enough, and this happens. This guys, analytics has changed the game. So like ultimately, you have a guy who comes in and his job is uh, he's a loogie and he comes in. And he just is going to pitch to another lefty-on-lefty situation, then he's going to come out. I'm now burning through a roster, burning through positions, because the analytics tell me I should. Right. So ultimately, we're, we, we have rules that we know have changed because of the implementation of analytics that we now have to change the other rules. They're never going to – a pitcher's going to get pulled out early enough in a game if they, he's hit a number of pitches, his spin rate's dropped, mm-hmm. any of these other things. If they're tracking this guy for everything, and they're like, hey, if he continues to pitch like this, he's got a, a 72% chance of getting hurt. Like, they're going to pull him. All that stuff has impacted the game positively because it's happening and nobody realizes it's happening yet. Right. It's already part of the analytics that nobody really gets. Yep. So a manager has to sit up there and he's not going to tell everybody, like, hey, you know, we – we were looking at this, this, and this, and you know we know that this guy in particular, if he gets to, they don't, they're not going to say that. That's their own internal. This is what we measure. Right. So they can't give away their their analytics department stuff. Um, so you're you're stuck. Just put a DH in. It's, it's, a, it's get an rid of easy, it. simple fix. Like you get to hit whoever you want. You get to choose one through nine. Whoever you want to hit one through nine can hit, mm-hmm. and that's it. 
If you want your pitcher to hit, let him hit. But if you want to put a DH in for him, you also get to do that. So, right. meh. I'm, I'm yeah. lukewarm on the idea. Yeah, I feel you on that. Second rule. Um, they're going to be going back to, or, yeah, going back to a two-dimensional strike zone as opposed to the three-dimensional, which was originally what they had implemented as the, like, track man so, setup. So, for people who don't know, we, uh, again, we've talked about this in recent mm-hmm. episodes, uh, where having a strike zone that's modified by a computer, and the computer is telling the umpire if it was a ball or a strike. The three-dimensional strike zone added depth to it and it allowed it that if the ball crossed the plate at any point in time inside the strike zone it could have theoretically been hit what that opens up is almost like the softball pitch Mm -hmm. where i can throw a ball up in the air i can make it come down and across the strike zone at the back half of the strike zone in a 3d strike zone that's a strike in a two-dimensional one with the first two dimensions being forward and they're just having up and side to side right not aiding with depth mm-hmm. by just having the front of the strike zone that ball wouldn't be a strike yeah so i agree that i think the computer should call balls and strikes but i love this move back to a two-dimensional one because the front of the plate is where a pitcher where a hitter should actually be thinking about i'm going to hit a ball exactly it shouldn't be that a pitcher gets the opportunity to throw some weird pitch mm-hmm. that magically crosses the back edge of the plate and no, it, it's a it's square box. Right. We, that's that's what the square box should maintain. So yep. I, I love that rule. I think that that's smart, uh, and it's good that they're going back to that. Which means that they ultimately think that this is going to be something that goes to the MLB sooner than later. Mm-hmm. I assume. Uh, well, yeah, I think definitely the uh, the TrackMan robot umpires uh, is coming to the MLB sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um. Because they already they rank their uh, their umps already using the system. Right. The system's already telling them whether or not it was a ball or a strike. We all watch the the, the we see it, yeah. The, thing, the little ball shows up, and, we, yep. and the guy calls it a ball, and we're all like, "Well, that looks like that hit plate, guys. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the computer system. Right? He's just gonna get a thing in his ear that says S or B. Right? You're gonna hear a beep if it was a strike, like, and he knows to call a strike. That's it. Plays at the plate. The human error of some of the other things. A tipped ball, understanding of a guy got hit, that's still going to be the ump. Yeah. But now it's just no more playing games with it wasn't a ball or a strike. Right, and we do have replay and things like that. And what's interesting as well is the MLB has been kind of lacking in the replay. Bring up replay? Yeah. Dang. Listen, there, there's some close plays recently, especially the Alec Bohm play against the uh, Braves that a lot of people were and like. And Bohm, you saw his face. He had that stupid fit look on his face. Like, yeah. He knew he, he didn't knew. touch. He knew. The he whole knew world didn't. He knew he got blocked up. Well, listen, he like you if in real time, full speed. Full speed is hard, absolutely. You, yes. you can't tell. But even replay, like once you replay it, it's like yeah. he's like, I'm jogging, I'm going this way, I'm safe, I'm safe, yes, I'm safe, I'm gonna run this way. I'm not gonna look at anybody because if yeah. I look at anybody, they're gonna see that I'm you're lying. See them lying. Right? Like, <laughs> did you do your homework? Yes. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> he he was out. Uh, it wasn't close. Great play by Darno. Yes, absolutely. He blocked the yep. ever loving heck out of that plate. Mm-hmm. Like I that's one of the best jobs of blocking a plate on a tag I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh very much so a shame that he did not get rewarded for it. Yeah, that was that was dark. Um but anyway, back to the two dimensional strike zone. Um I totally agree with you on the on the concept as well of like the third dimension added just a non real aspect to baseball. Yeah. They were talking about it actually recently. There was a a pitch. I think it. I think it was actually when Shohei Otani was facing the White Sox. 
Um, and he threw like a splitter or something that came down at the top of the zone. And in the three-dimensional, it like crossed towards the back point of home plate. And they're like, that's there. It's a strike. And uh, whoever, it might have been A-Rod as the announcer actually, was like, that makes no sense. The hitter, the plane that they're looking to hit is in front of the plate. Is yep. it, it, Like at the edge or before. So it, there's no reason <clears throat> to have that third dimension. So yeah, I the love thir- they're If doing the third that. dimension was going to exist, it has to exist in the front of the plate, not behind it. Exactly. Or it has to it has to exist to the midpoint of the plate. Right, the the straight edges of the plate. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Not, not even, like, I'm not even as, saying as that. Because like, the back before the triangle starts, like you get the back di- like part of it. Right. The, the square, I'm even saying halfway up the square, Theoretically, if I'm hitting opposite field, I'm letting the ball get a little deeper on the right, plate. Right, that's probably about as deep where, as you're going. But yes. that's as deep as you would go. Exactly, Who, yes. Who's hitting a ball fair that's hitting the point on the back of the home plate? It is impossible. No person. No shot, yeah. So how could that possibly be a strike? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, crazy. And the other person who throws a pitch that's similarly, like, nutty is, um, dang, why am I blanking on his name? Oh, man, he was Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher... Weird dude. Zach Cranky. Zach Cranky, yes. Cranky throws the EFAS pitch. 51 where, miles an hour. Where he drops this thing over and up in a, a 3D strike zone is going to call him, yeah, mm-hmm. that's not effing strike. Yeah. Get out of here, man. Mm-hmm. Like, no way. <laughs> yep. No way. What was he supposed to do? Shuffle backwards to hit it? Like, mm-hmm. nah. So, yeah. He, uh, another one where I'm happy. This is one where I'm happy that's they cool. made the change. Yes, I like that. Update. Because they're, they're now getting to this is feasible and they can use mm-hmm. this. And then the third rule, um, which I, I put out on our uh, our Instagram, and I got some very interesting feedback about it. Um, the third rule is going to be that they are going to test out moving the mound back uh, to one foot away, so 61 feet. One, fir- six, one foot further foot, back. One foot further, yes. 61 feet, 6 inches, um, and they're going to do that halfway through the Atlantic League season. I don't know if I love I hate when piece. they're doing it. Yeah. Because I feel like you're 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 making a, a change and now you're changing the, the dynamic a little bit. Yeah. I actually love the idea. Okay. Uh, if the goal is that we need more offense. But my question is, haven't we seen really, really great offense? That that was my thought as well. Like that's really where we're going anyway. So what are you guys trying to even it out because pitchers are throwing harder now? But and that's also- the thing, is like when, when when you look at when the mound was created, mm-hmm. right? You're talking dudes probably were throwing 85 miles an hour, probably you know? yeah, and like that yeah. that dude was a stud. Yep. Um, because he he got off of his accounting job and showed up at the ballpark and you know chucked a smooth 82. Like yep. the, that that <laughs> that guy was different than the guy who full time has been training his entire life to throw a ball, and now you have a guy like Jake Grom throwing 103 miles an hour. I, I, we, we always joked around about it years ago when Araldus Chapman and guys like that were throwing 100 and everybody's like, how do you hit that? Mm-hmm. He's throwing so much. Well, now you got starting pitchers throwing it for six innings. Yep. So I, I agree that something would happen, and I don't think one foot will actually impact very much. I don't think so either. Because the reality is, is that there's already different Yep. Right. Yep. And what I mean by that is, if you are a five foot eight pitcher, and you stride from the rubber, at your release point, you are going to let's say be fifty two feet away from the plate on your hand's release point. Mm-hmm. If you are a six foot six pitcher, Noah Syndergaard. Yep. 
and you stride out, you might be 49 feet away from the hitter. Yep. So ultimately, we already have variable. So I don't think one foot makes such a dramatic difference, but it probably allows it to play down by a mile an hour to a mile and a half. Yep. Maybe it forces pitchers to adjust their uh, their re- release point for off-speed pitches, things like that. You got to get it an extra foot further. In at the end of the day, no and, matter where you're releasing and I don't, it from. And, and that's my point. Why like why I I don't think it's going to impact the game dramatically, and mm-hmm. I I like the thought and the creativity of it to some degree. Yeah. My only problem is. It's actually going to hurt the Marcus Strowmans of the world. Yeah. It's not going to impact Jake and his 102-plus mile-an-hour fastball. Right. It's going to hurt a guy like Strowman who's throwing 93. Because if he gets by by ground balls and deception and all this stuff, and you give the hitter a little bit more time, and he knows he's got a little bit, you're going to get more hits. He's gonna get beat up more, mm-hmm. so it's not actually helping the guys with less velo. It's it's actually making it much more. So you'll get offense, but you're still gonna have domination. Right. The guy throwing 102 is now throwing 101. Like that doesn't change. The guy throwing 93 is now throwing 92. That probably is a lot of a change because mm-hmm. it's just something that a hitter can do better. Right. What What are your thoughts with that? Um, I mean, I, I think it's definitely an interesting way to kind of go about getting there um i know uh, dennis was telling me as well that they were kind of doing some like analysis on like would there be any more like injuries and things like that from having to throw further away and i think um dr james andrews was it said that like up to three feet further back there's no real like risk of injury but once you start going even further than that then there's going to be you have to see adjustments and and different things people's elbows and, and well because a foot won't change the right, actual like, kinesthetic like how right. the actual movement is right three feet starts to change the angle yeah and as soon as you start to change the angle dramatically enough you're going to change arm slots guys are going to be different in order to get the ball where it needs to be right. and as soon as that happens you're going to ha- see new injury because you're taking people who have been throwing 60 feet six inches since they're 13 and at 26, you're now having them throw three feet back, mm-hmm. and they're throwing from 63 feet, changes everything about how they throw at that level. Right. And that's where you would start seeing arms. So that's why I'm, I agree with him. Mm-hmm. I don't think the injury is a thing. Anybody who thinks that this is going to cause dramatic injury, again, the point I made before, a guy who strides out and is six foot six, right? There's he's already, already variable not, to begin with. He's so. already not throwing from that distance. So yep. there's not that much. Three feet, a full yard back you now are far enough back that even a guy who's the tallest person is going to feel it. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to have people who have a dramatic shift. So I, I, I don't think the offensive player needs more stuff. No, I don't think. We, we talked about it. Like, get rid of the shift. Make the shift that a guy has to start on one side of the back. And if he wants to shift on contact or he, he wants to shift at release mm-hmm. – I, that I don't care about as much because right. now he's moving. Like now he, you also open up the chance if you're moving that you're not going to be Move in position. Right. Yeah. You're going to hurt yourself more. So yep. like, but before everything goes, there should be a clear line of where are you allowed to be. Right. Um, I, I think if we did that, that that's already doing enough to help the offense. I, I don't see a reason to push the mound back. I don't know how that's going to help. Yeah, I don't think. I think if if they don't see any real changes with it, I think they probably just dead it. 
Um, but I could also see because the MLB is trying to push the envelope here, them going even further back and seeing what that does. So I don't know. We'll see uh, halfway through the season. I'm sure we'll be able to go to a Ducks game and see just how impactful if, if it you is. Start, uh, again, if you start getting to the point that you, let's say it gets back to 10 years from now, the mound is 65 feet away, mm-hmm. right? Isn't everything different? Yeah, probably. Because what could you do more of, theoretically? Get more hits. Why? Because you have a little more time to read pitches. I could bunt. You could bunt. That's true. I'll bunt more. Who's getting the ball? The no man's land is now big. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. I got him five feet further away. That's at least two steps. Yeah. That's me making two more steps versus a slower pitcher. Yep, I'm going to bunt. Well, so now we're bunting again. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so then what are we going to do? We're going to complain? Oh, we're going to move the, the mound back in. It was too much of an advantage for the fast hitters. Guys were laying bunts down too often. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, now the pitcher being back there, that actually impacts the throw down to second because he's actually more in the way now, and mm-hmm. I can't see second base. So the guys on second are taking bigger – everybody's always going to complain. Yeah. That, that's a rule that doesn't need to be changed to me. Yeah. I think they were just trying too much. Just give a DH, no more shift, play ball. And then ditch the uh... – Extra innings thing. I'm tired of that. Uh, no, I'm here for the extra innings nah, thing. I'm tired of it. I'm here for the extra innings thing. You're out here just trying. You wanted, you wanted 20. Oh, actually, no, I take that back. I liked our, our concept. Our of, concept. It goes back was to good, the top. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. The Mets literally had that. We uh, we had the um, our pitcher do up. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And you could skip over that. So I, I just forget that's that's almost there now. Yeah. Just started at the top of the line. Yes, yeah. Now well, when I saw is, that, it's like, cool, Francisco Lindor's on second, Dom Smith's about it. Great. Now I like where we're at. And that's my point. Yeah. Like, if we start at the top, I think that makes it equal and, and level. Mm-hmm. So I love the rule because it will speed up the game, balance it, make it make it balanced. Yeah. And, and it sounds like they tried to do that to some degree. Mm-hmm. They just didn't conceptualize all the way up all that, like, up. some teams might have their six hitter up. Mm-hmm. Some teams are going to have their leadoff hitters up. Yeah. There's inherently we know that there's better players at the top. Yep. So, just make that bounce. But yeah, I don't don't get rid of that. I love this. All right. I love this. All right. Last you, thing. You purist, you. I know. I know. Uh, big day tomorrow for for baseball. Massive fans. day. Biggest Huge day, day for the for the baseball season. And will be the show's dropping tomorrow Woo. for the first time on Xbox and PlayStation. Big deal, huge deal. Um, the game looks awesome. Fernando Tatis on the cover, who, by the way, is already looking like he's almost going to be uh, coming back soon. He's already taking infield and stuff. Love it. Looks pretty solid, so I'm fired up for him. Uh, Padres to get him back. But, yeah, huge deal. Going to be on Xbox and PlayStation. Um, they just announced as well that um, Xbox Game Pass, as of April 20th, will have and will be the show for free for players. Part of your um, membership. Yep, part of the membership. Got to love that. This is huge. It's great for the game. I think it's a huge step because you, know, you only had half of these kids – who had PlayStations being able to play the baseball game. You know, like you can get 2K on whatever you want. I don't know why you're saying kids. I've had an or Xbox. adults, whatever. I've had an Xbox for a long time. I know, I know. And I've, I've multiple times sat there and had discussions with you guys of, I don't play games enough anymore for me to be able to justify having two different systems right? just so I can play one game. And the only game I wanted to play was MLB The Show. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not entirely true because occasionally I would have liked to play God of War, but that's a whole different podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, ha- having having MLB The Show capable of being on Xbox is massive. I'm super excited because for the first time, I can actually just sit down, do a career mode, 
and I'm not just doing it at uh, Baseball Lifestyle headquarters where I'm streaming my Joey Savage character, yep. uh, which I'm super excited to make a character for the show, mm-hmm. for the listeners. So we're going to have to do like a, a, a the poll. weekly update on the, Joey the, Savage. The, <laughs> the poll on social, we're going to have to give Joey Sa- Savage updates every week. I'll, I'll, I'll place, you know, mm-hmm. a, sh- a week of games. And yeah. We'll see how we did. We'll see where we're going. We'll, we'll go the whole some, season long. Do some uh, listen, uh, matches versus listeners. Yes. Could do yes. That. Yes. I, I, he come to my house and he'll play against you guys. There you go. I'm gonna get smoked. Actually, no. Smoked. I'm nasty at pitching. I can't hit it all in that game. I'm terrible. See. Um, the, the, the and maybe it's just because I haven't played enough. But so it's, guys, it's tough. We'll we'll find it. We'll find it. Yeah. Which speaking of which, I'm pretty sure that we're giving away an entire system. And MLB The Show you did hear 21. That. You heard right. Uh, so for those who are listening, uh, f- we're, we're about to pass over 600,000 followers on Woo. Baseball Lifestyle 101, our Instagram, uh, separate from the Grounds Crew podcast that you guys can follow on all social platforms. Uh, At the underscore Grounds Crew. And uh, we, on that account and across these things, you guys will be having the opportunity to win a full system. So a, an Xbox Series X or a PS5. We don't know which one we're giving away yet. We're actually running a poll. On Instagram uh, right now. Go on, check it out. Go on, vote. It depends when you hear this, yep. whether or not that poll is still rocking. But, uh, yeah, we're giving away an entire system. And we're going to be giving away some other stuff soon, too. Yeah. I think we have some stuff for you guys to uh, mm-hmm. start giving away. We might be doing some stuff. I think we have some stuff to give away for Jackie Robinson day today. We do. That's true. We, we potentially do. So, again, uh Big things coming. Well, just honestly, it's Jackie Robinson Day the next like two or three days. The whole weekend. Extended it. It's Jackie Robinson weekend. Yeah, yeah. Everybody will be doing it all weekend long. Yeah. So we'll make sure you guys get that shot. So keep your eyes out if you guys are listening. Make sure you head over to our Instagram account. Check out what we're giving away because we'll probably be doing some giveaways ourselves on the account next couple of days. Yeah. Big stuff going on, guys. Because we love you guys. Big weekend baseball. We appreciate you guys listening. Great updates this week. Looking forward to next week. Take care, guys. See you later. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs>